welcome to Pinecones and Moonstones, where science, witchcraft, and history combine. I'm Cassie. And I'm Desiree. And hopefully my computer doesn't fuck this episode <laughs> up this time. <laughs> Maybe that um, was the universe's way of saying the other one was too long. Probably. That or it, it just really wanted me to be done with my paper before we did this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, is that your good thing for the week? Yeah, then my 20-page paper is done. Yeah, I did 12 pages in four hours yesterday. Wow. Are you relieved? I mean, I have to edit it now. Because it was like the draft, and then we peer-edited everyone's. So I'm going to see what people... The job is never done. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping, because this is more along the lines of um, a group paper that we're trying to do for the Society for Historical Archaeology in January, so I'm hoping that we can just, like, copy and paste my paper for most of it, and then we have less work to do. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, maybe I just did all the front-end shit, and we're good. <laughs> we'll see. Um, what's your good thing? Uh, um, I, I don't remember what I had before. I don't think I had much. I do, as of Right now, my youngest, Marley, uh, created her own candle. We, we've got the recipe. She created the theme. Uh, I know nobody else can see this, but you can probably see this. Aww. And uh, <laughs> it's a charity candle for uh, a local charity we have over here called Paws, which is a no-kill shelter that takes uh, all kinds of pets, even wild animals. And she picked the scent combinations, and she helped me design the label, and she's going to help me pour hopefully later this weekend, and uh, all of the proceeds from that will go to the local animal shelter. So she was pretty proud of that, and I thought it was a really cute idea. She also came up with the pun. That was not me. (laughs) So uh, obviously those aren't out yet, but when they are, they'll be up on the website. I was just excited because they turned out so cute. So that's my good thing. Yay. We're going to one of the big thrift stores is having a $2 parking lot sale this weekend. So we're going to go check that out and then watch the Ted Bundy documentary. That sounds like a good plan. I have a show this weekend. That's what I'm doing Sunday. It'll be my first day off is what I have to go do this show. And then... <laughs> uh, so no I, days off. <laughs> not really, no. And then my taking my oldest daughter to camp later tonight, and then I have... I, like... I have tonight. That's it. I don't know what I'm doing tonight. I don't have anything planned tonight. Well, the Ted okay. Bundy movie came out today, so you well, can I watch it on Netflix. My husband wants to see Endgame, I think. Oh, yeah, so. we have to do that at some point. Mark wants to see that. You don't sound very excited. I just could <laughs> wait for it to come out on dvd and oh no pay as much money in the theater it's eh. got to be really loud and in your face we have a giant tv oh, well it's always loud and in my face it's not the same if your feet don't stick to the floor if my feet stick to the floor with all this carpet something has gone awry <laughs> and i'm having a lot of problems you need a better vacuum <laughs> oh a better vacuum and to cut the dog's tails off. Not really. I would never <laughs> do that. But they spill everything. With their big old tails. One of them just helicopters it. So it goes like a 360 degree all the way around. And he just swipes the table. Like, 
just whoosh and it's all off it's it's really awful when he gets excited we have to be like jackson no and like make him lay down (laughs) uh we also have to uh thank everyone who's already submitted their reviews and picture proof of uh reviews on all the platforms for our giveaway we still have time to do that if you uh, leave a review on any of the platforms. There's Facebook. There's uh, st- I don't know. Does Stitcher have a rating? Yeah, system? you can you okay. can leave reviews on Stitcher, uh, Spotify. I don't know how you do it, but I see them on other shows. So somehow you can do it. It might be their weird <laughs> app that I don't have. Um, iTunes. Yes, iTunes is the easy one. It's just yeah, click a button. Yep. Uh, and um, any of those, I think. I, am I missing one? Google. Google. We're on Google. Um, and then our audio boom page submits it to random, like, little apps that people use, like Pocket Casts and stuff. So if you want to submit it on there and send us a screenshot of that, that's fine. Literally any platform or Facebook you can leave us a review on and then send us a picture. And then don't forget to send your address so that we can actually send you your prize. Yes. Uh, Otherwise, I can't mail it. Exactly. <laughs> and then that drawing for the uh, the t-shirt and the swag and all that stuff will be towards the end of May. So there will be more announcements when it gets a little bit closer. Yep. Yay! Free stuff. Free stuff. So, uh, today, what are we talking about? Sigils! This one I was uh, super excited for us to do because it's one of the few things I didn't have to do a lot of research for. <laughs> I did because I've never I've never done them, but it was fun. There are a lot of really helpful blogs that are like, "Here's how you do it." And not as many books I found, but definitely a lot of people that use them and post all about them online. So I would yeah. say one of the few places that the internet actually seems to hold more information than a straight book. Yeah, I saw one on Amazon that's like Sigil Witchery, but I have not read it yet. And I don't remember the author right now, but I will look it up before the end of the episode. Um, but I don't know if it's any good, so grain of salt. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that might be for next month. Let's yeah. See. Um, so, let's start with the basics. Um, what are sigils? They're, like, essentially a symbol that you either pick or one that you make with, like, words and a phrase that you want your sigil to mean for you but you can also just pick a picture or a a symbol that someone's already done so like pinnacles and the sigil of baphomet are common and i don't remember the third one um but you have like the history stuff well obviously there's there's all sorts of symbols that have been used sort of as sigils throughout history but the most common Uh, before chaos magic sort of got their fingers wrapped around it, was that a sigil was a seal uh, or a signature of a person or a demon or an angel. So it was essentially a uh, picture signature of whoever the entity was. It could be a person, too, I found out more recently. And it uh, contained their true name. So if you were utilizing these sigils or you had a copy of this sigil of the person demon angel you could um you have a little bit of power or sway over this creature when you decided to invoke it or you could use it to ask for the person or basically like elicit a you have to help me response out of a person if you have their sigil now i'm not sure if it actually works like that 
because people are pretty open about their sigils now. It's not like a private thing, but uh, before the, the where you would see them the most, uh, the most popular one, excuse me, is the Lesser Key of Solomon, mm-hmm. which has all of the, what is it, 62, 72 sigils of the Princes of Hell. Which actually, there's, if I don't know if you've ever looked at the pictures in that. No, I haven't had time to look it up yet. I've been writing about, I had to teach myself network theory in a day. And everyone who does computer shit is probably going to laugh at the next sentence. But social network theory is all math. So I literally read articles that are just like equations. And then which part of your artifact assemblage, like the count, goes in which part of the equation for an entire day for this paper. So I didn't have time to do it. very boring. The, uh, <laughs> the Key of Solomon, the pictures that they have of these princes of hell, they're like animal amalgamations so like it'll have like a frog head and then like a chicken body but he's like the demon of coffee and newspapers or it like they have these really weird associations with them so they're not really demons as much as they are just like strange creatures which i thought was kind of fun it's not really scary i'm gonna have to find a copy of this it's more friendly it's everywhere um so that's historically what they were right i lost my train of Uh, so how you make them, um, we kind of mentioned already, but you could pick a symbol or, um, there's a way that I think you said that was, this was the newer way when we recorded this before, but it's like, uh, you write out a phrase. So your phrase might be like, I am awesome or something. And so then you would take out all of the vowels and then you take out any consonants that repeat. And so the letters you're left with, you make into a picture symbol thing of some type. Yeah, so you use the shape of the letters and you know that, you, that are left over to make something that is pleasing to your eye. And a lot of these newer ones, um, some people have more artistic talent than others. I am not one of those people. Um, can make <laughs> them look very pretty. You can add stuff into it as long as it's eliciting a response from you. Um, you can feel free to kind of make it look however you want, but uh, historically, making them was a little bit different. It wasn't until probably late 1800s, early 1900s that we started taking a phrase and breaking it down. Uh, Before, they used to assign letter, or so they'd come up with something, a name, whatever, and then Mm -hmm. they would assign numbers to those letters, and then using what was called a, I think it was a magic square, um, they would uh, assign, they would find the numbers on there that associated with those letters, and then they would circle those, and then they would draw lines. So what you would be left with is something that looks sort of like a constellation, okay. and those would actually be the sigil. But without knowing what magic square this person was using, um, it would be harder to tell what the sigil was. So okay. I think that's a pretty cool way to do it. Um, and now it was the kind of what launched the new way that we do this was actually a person named Austin Osmond Spare, and he was born in 1886, died in 1956, so probably somewhere around really early 1900s is when this all came about. He was an artist and an occultist, and he was really into automatic writing and automatic drawing, and then when he sort of started getting into the the sigils and the, the demon symbols and all that stuff... Um, he felt like, because he was friends with a lot of the 
the up-and-coming uh, psychologists and that sort of thing, uh, he felt that these sigils were not controlling actual demons, and the demons were actually uh, core patterns of emotions in your subconscious. And so this sigil work, and through sigilization of things, and because he was also really into chaos magic, which wasn't called that at the time because he was making it up, um, <laughs> you could actively create your own uh, core thought patterns and imprint them in yourself. Hmm. So you could change your behavior, or you could manifest a specific goal doing it that way. Um, it's it's uh, changed a little bit since then, and we'll talk about that once we get into how to make one. But uh, basically, that, that was the leap from, uh, you know, the magic circle and the old medieval uh, ceremonial magic with the looks like constellations on stuff launching into an easier to uh, understand version, I think. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's probably more accessible, too, because, like, I've never heard of magic squares or anything. And I yeah. feel like, especially for beginners, like, this is a super easy thing you can do. To, like, even practice witchcraft on the go. That's actually... The blog that I looked up is called Traveling Witch. And she's got, like, a little PDF guidebook for how to create and activate sigils. Um, But she focuses on, like, coming up with ways that you could do spellcraft and rituals while you're on the go. Because her job is traveling. Um, So I think that's a pretty... It's a pretty neat thing that you could do almost anywhere. Like, you could draw this on a sticky note if you wanted... Or with a stick in the dirt. So, um, but the the next step after you draw it is you have to activate it. And so there are a couple of different ways you can do that. <laughs> uh, the first one is that she recommends is just like staring at it really hard until your eyes kind of go fuzzy, and then they they recorrect after your tear ducts are done going crazy. Um, or uh, you can try to completely forget it, but you have to, what was the phrase you used? You have to actively You have to launch forget. it from your mind. So you can either sort of meditate on it. It's not like an active meditation. It's more of like a loose, almost astral projection sort of meditation. Um, and then the few of the online sources I found, when I had never heard of this before, because I've never used this method in my own sigil making, was that you do all these things. You come up with the symbol and then you have it, and then you have to actively throw it out of your mind and never think of it again. Because you know that it's done, and you know that you've imprinted it, and then you just, you're supposed to actively not think about it. Hmm. So, I haven't tried, I still haven't, I know we talked about before um, trying some of these methods, I have not done that yet. I have not had time to do anything lately, <laughs> yeah, but no. I would like to try it because I'm interested to see how hard it really is to actively forget something because I can passively forget something all the time. Yep. <laughs> so maybe I'd be good at the other way too. Uh, and then this is the other one that you talked oh, about. Yeah. So this is the part where Cassie gets a little squeaky. Um, uh, you can, Cassie's five. It's fine. <laughs> you can, so you can activate them. Some people choose to activate them using sex magic, uh, which would be either with a partner or by yourself masturbating to an orgasm, focusing on that symbol, which uh, empowers it. So... <laughs> <laughs> I can't, your face when I'm talking about this. I'm trying to be mature. So <laughs> I have not tried it with a partner. I have done it on my own. Um, and it, it works okay. It's not for everybody. 
Um, I think that it's important to remember that it's not the same for every witch, but if you are going to uh, activate your sigil with a partner, it does help to have that person on board because if he's he or she is thinking of something different than what you are, it's maybe not going to uh, work as well as you want it to. So it's not as much as, as asking permission, which you should, um, but it's not necessary, obviously. You could do what you want. But it helps to have both partners sort of focusing on the same goal. So. Yep. I don't think Mark would be into it. <laughs> well, luckily for you, there's like three other ways you can activate yeah, your sigil. Yeah, exactly. So, um. <laughs> uh, we also had some like common questions about them. Um, one of them that everyone on the internet seems to be in hot debate about is... Uh, can you use a sigil that you personally haven't made? And so some people are like, no, it's never going to work. Other people are like, yes, but not as a sigil. You use it more as like an intention setting, like guided meditation thing, and it won't be as powerful. And then other people are like, fuck it, do what you want. <laughs> I think I kind of sit in that category. You do what you want. Uh, I think that historically people assign emotions and goals to symbols all the time. So we see that it does work. Yeah. You can, you can totally adopt a symbol and, you know, it's the same as when people have a cross that they never take off or my daughter has, um, a little Buddhist, like it's a like gold Buddha inside of a glass capsule that she got at the temple that she goes to with her, um, grandma and she never takes that off. And she's assigned that particular meaning to it. So it, it, it's a common symbol. Yeah. So I have no reason to think that any other sigil or symbol that you choose to assign meaning to would not work for you. Yeah, especially because, like, people... I feel like people do that even with, like, that's the whole purpose of a symbol. Because, like you are making some arbitrary distinction that, like, this thing, whether it's a letter or a picture, like, for us, you know, when you're learning the alphabet, A means ah, or whatever word, like, vowel sound you want to give it. Um, so it's, you're assigning an arbitrary image a meaning, so it doesn't seem like it would not work mm -hmm. to me, but it also seems like it's a way to add unnecessary pressure. <laughs> like, if you're, we've already talked about, like, social media shit, um, but it's, like, if you're looking on Pinterest at sigils and you see all the crazy, super stylized, like, insanely creative people doing them and you're like, well, I fucking can't do that, so my sigil is useless, then it's not gonna work if you have no, like, faith in it, kind of, not faith, that's the wrong word, but, like, if you don't believe in your ability to create it and then you make one, then you're not going to, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. Versus, like, getting someone to make you one that you feel better about, I feel like it's fine. You know, someone who actually uh, makes and, and lets people, use, or sells the use of uh, sigils is Feruza Balk, you know, the mm. one girl who played in the craft. She, um, and actually she's a very talented artist. I've seen some of her sigils she's put out, and they're beautiful. And she actually shows, she sells the originals to people, but you can see a picture of them online. So I guess technically there's nothing to stop you from using that sigil. But um, I will say that 
making it yourself definitely will assign a little more personal intent. Some people who are just starting out may not have, uh, may not be as well practiced at assigning your, uh, how do I want to say this? It's going to take you a little bit longer to sort of get into your mojo about assigning mm -hmm. something to a symbol that you didn't come up with. Whereas uh, when I was first starting, the act of actually going through all the mistakes, realizing I didn't like this shape, moving the letters around, uh, and then drawing it. For me, I used to just draw it over and over and over again. Um, assigned a lot more. It was easier for me to get into that feeling once I started mm -hmm. drawing the shape because I had made it myself. So I can kind of see both sides. I think that you should definitely try drawing your own. Yeah. And if you don't like it, then definitely pick a symbol. But I think it's something that everybody should try. There's really not a lot of um, room for this sort of thing to backfire. Yeah, I think. exactly. Unless you're actively making it a negative thing. Uh, I don't see how this... This is probably one of the safest, uh, quickest, easiest, uh, most or least conspicuous versions of witchcraft you could do. Yeah, and it's, it's super... Uh, financially available to everyone. Mm -hmm. You don't even need a pen and paper. If you're really into it, you could pick up a stick and get some mm. dirt, like, get outside. Wet finger draw on the window. Yeah. Yep. Steam up your bathroom. Exactly. So, I think that's uh, probably the most handy. And my guess is this episode won't be super long because they're really not that difficult. Unless you start yeah. uh, using the historical, you know, demon sigils. And then an ep I don't know much about that. I never summoned a demon. So Nope. Not my... Uh, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm one of those atheists, probably especially because I grew up in the church, where I'm just like, I don't really believe in them, but I also don't want to tempt fate. <laughs> like... It, oh, that it makes just, sense. It just in like, case... It's just, it's one of those things that it's, like, also the amount of effort and energy that has to go into that as a grad student with multiple pets and a husband to deal with on top of everything else. Like, I just don't have enough extra energy for that bullshit. Right. Like, unless yeah, the demon's gonna, like, do my homework or something. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. When you when you read through the Lesser Key of Solomon, you can see sort of what these guys are in charge of. But I've never read through anything in there and been like, you know what? I really need this in my life. Let me call yeah. on this guy. Most of it's like, I can do this stuff myself. I, yeah. don't, I don't need the Toadhead guy to come help me out. And then, you know, he wants a piece of my liver or something. I don't, I don't need that. So, yeah. Uh, one of the other questions I saw was, can you use more than one? Hmm. Which I don't see why not. I mean, uh, unless you're of the camp um, who believes that you need to actively forget about your sigil, then maybe I can see that part presenting a problem. But most of the people that I know who use sigil work don't actively forget it. They'll yeah, I haven't. It. I haven't seen, I've seen it as a reference. I haven't seen anyone on the blogs that I read actively say that's what they mm -hmm. personally do. Usually it's like draw it over and over and over and then stare at it until you're all fuzzy. Like I've also done fuzzy. some where I, uh, I'll draw it and then I'll burn it. And mm -hmm. so that's sort of like a forgetting, I guess. But I know like, I, that's when I'm doing like a start to finish sort of like ritual of my own. Yeah. Um, and then I, I know when I was younger... I didn't realize I was doing it at the time, but I had made up a symbol 
that I would draw over and over and over again to sort of, because I was uh, extremely depressed when I was younger, and I would sort of talk myself through the night, well, I guess I was also had really bad insomnia, so I would stay up all night sort of talking myself through until the morning time when I felt a little better and people were awake, and um, it was sort of my way of acknowledging my feelings, but keeping myself going until the next point. And now looking back, I realized I was drawing my own little symbol that represented that. And I think that's pretty neat because I used to find uh, pages just covered in it, yeah. like in my journals and stuff. And then I would just, okay, that's daytime. Things are a little better, move on. And then it was just, I thought that was an interesting tidbit about myself. I didn't know until we started looking at this stuff. <laughs> I feel like everyone in kindergarten who grew up in the 90s probably did this with the weird shaped S's. Oh, we little money all S's. Over everything. <laughs> yeah. Like the little pointy ones, you know? Uh-huh. They're all over all of my pages. Yeah. Those are fun. You could use that as a sigil. Probably. So, uh, yeah, I think you could use more than one as long as you don't mind, um, you know, having distractions, I guess. As long as you, you can stop focusing on one to focus on another or do you just want to let them both passively work at the same time I honestly don't see a problem with it yeah especially if they're like two maybe different concrete things but you need them to happen together like one could be I really need to sell my house and the other one could be I really need to find a new house to buy you Mm kind of need those to happen together so you're not in a hotel while someone else is buying your house and you can't find a new place you know so I could I could see why you would have situations where you need to. Um, Because you could have protection sigils uh, drawn around your house. Yeah. And then you could have a sigil for, you know, manifesting money or abundance or whatever. And then you could have a sigil for uh, manifesting a glamour in your mirror. So you're seeing the best side of yourself or something. So really, I think it's a great idea to have more than one, I guess. I don't know if we mentioned um, when you're forming your sigil statements, you want to make sure that they're... They're in the present tense. Like, oh, it's yeah, something that's that. already happening. Uh, because, and, and the more, f- I shouldn't say forceful, but almost like aggressive of a term, the better. Because mm-hmm. you don't want this to be a passive statement. You want it to be uh, straightforward, clear-cut. you got to know exactly what you're, what you're focusing on. And I think that's true for any sort of uh, ritual work, really. You want it as, as clear yeah. and concise and in the present, already happening as you can get it. Yeah, that and um, intention setting, which a lot of people use sigils to set intentions. Mm -hmm. So, like, you want that to be, you want it to be like you already have it happening. Mm -hmm. Like, even if it's a thing that it's, like, your goal ultimately, like, you need it to read, like, it's in your life now and you've already got it. Mm -hmm. Kind of a thing. Um, The other thing, I I don't remember what I was going to say. Uh... Someone asked if, um, this wasn't directed to us, but in one of the groups we were in, someone asked if you tattoo sigils on yourself or if you think that's a silly idea. And I said I absolutely tattoo sigils on myself because I view a lot of my tattoos as a form of ritual and I Mm -hmm. use them for a ritual meditation and like an offering almost to whatever work I'm doing, um, but then again, if you're in that camp that wants to actively forget the sigil to you can't forget manifest it, it. on your body. Exactly. So it really <laughs> depends on how you like to do your sigils. If it's something you want to permanently keep working with, if you think it's a long-term ritual goal, then I say go for it. If it's something that it's like a right now need, then yeah, maybe you don't want to tattoo a sigil on yourself. But 
I mean, I don't see why not, but I'm all for tattoos, so. I'm yeah, I have, a, I have several. <laughs> bad person to ask for that. Um, I remembered what it was. It's, uh, one of the blogs I was reading, especially for beginners, suggested that, like, keep track of at least what your sigil statement is, even if you don't redraw the picture, like, in your journal or book of shadows or something, and then include, like, did it work? Did it not work? What should you change? You know, like, if your statement's not forceful or clear enough, maybe it was too broad, like, just saying, I am awesome may not really help with, like, self-doubt or something, and you actually need it to be, like, I am worthy or something else. You know, you could you could keep track of that. And also, like, the ones that do work, you might want to use them again later. And that way you know what your image was, what you were going for, and can kind of see the evolution of yourself using sigils and intentions in your ritual work. Um, so they suggested putting it in, like, your Book of Shadows or just your journal Mm-hmm. whatever i think, I think that's, that's a good neat. idea uh another thing i forgot to mention is a lot of people feel like uh when you're when you have the letters picked out and you're drawing the symbol it's best if you can do it all in one motion like without lifting the pen hmm. i'm not sure why that is that's just something i have seen it was in the book that i used uh for some of this research which is illustrated signs and symbols source book by adele Nosedar, um, and I've also seen it online for that guy who actively throws his sigils. I don't know, so I'm not. I am not totally sure why that's necessary. I don't think I have done it that way because I am very bad at drawing, and <laughs> I need to be able to move my hand around to get shapes. Yeah, but... it might have a link to the the automatic writing because what you're supposed to do is like. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, not automatic even... writing and drawing. Even to go down to another line, you're supposed to keep the pin down and just keep writing so you have all these squiggles in the middle of it and stuff. Okay. That's um, interesting. And automatic drawing, a lot of the a lot of the stuff I've seen about that is also like you don't really lift the pin, you just kind of go with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that makes everything a whole lot more unclear because you've got all that shit in the middle of it, but I don't know. I've never done either one of them. <laughs> Maybe it's after you figure out what you want it to look like and you're drawing, like, the official this is it one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't done it that way, so I guess I'll, I'll add that to my list of uh, ways to try sigils. And I just thought it was cool that in this book she um, she actually has her own sigil in here, and she did it. Uh, her sentence was... Uh, The element encyclopedia of secret signs and symbols helps people better understand one another and makes the world a better place. So that's really long, but Mm -hmm. she, she got it all down and she actually created a symbol and it's in the front of the book. That's kind of published in there, which I thought was really cool. Um, I couldn't figure out what it was for a minute, but it's really long. That's why. So you can put them in anything. Authors put them in their books. You can put it on your door. You could probably use frosting and put them on your cinnamon roll. Yeah. For like, and then eat it. Someone in, uh, someone in the group said that they drew them into um, pies for like family holidays so that everyone would chill and not be. That's, yeah, that's. Like anxious and fighting like normal families on holidays. That can sort of segue into kitchen witchery too. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that is putting symbols or putting spells, like, you know, writing it inside your ingredients and then cooking it. So definitely, I mean, it. Everywhere. I can't think of anybody who really doesn't use it, even unconsciously. 
Yeah, because like even um, <clears throat> I read a thing for green witchery where like when you did when you're transplanting your plants out of pots, um, you could draw the symbol on the bottom of the pot. So every time you refill it, like the plant has the sigil. But then when you're digging the hole in the actual ground, you could draw your sigil before you put the plant in the hole and cover it back up. That's a good idea. Yeah. Maybe I should have done one to keep the squirrels out because I'm going to fucking kill those things. Oh, my God. They so it's going to sound gross. Up. I can tell you what to do about that. Not shoot them, I'm guessing? Uh, well, you could do that, but you live in an apartment, so that I would do. Not be great. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> get You have uh, the litter with the pee on it and put it in there. Like cat litter? Yeah. After yeah. the cat's peed on it. Because no. squirrel, it's predators. Cats are predators for squirrels. I don't stay away think from the pee. This squirrel is so fat. I walked outside to yell at him because he dug up all my carrot seeds, okay? And he oh. ate all my onions. He undug everything I dig and, like, put in. He digs it out like a turd, okay? Chicken, chicken wire might work. Uh, well, uh, you can get it at Lowe's and waddled. cover them with it. Uh, I think we're going to try the bird netting and see if we can keep them out of it that way. I don't that can know. work, too. They can chew through the net, though. They can't chew through metal. My granddad uses um, really fine mesh uh, chicken wire around his blueberries for the birds. That's a good point. Because they have picked holes in the bird net. This guy showed no fear. <laughs> I went out there to yell at him, and I was, like, shaking my fist, and he just, like, like, walked into the next yard, didn't even care. Though I will say, last year... He would exchange stuff with me, like he would steal something of mine, and then he would bury something else. And it was fun towards the end of the year to figure out what it was. He planted <laughs> a zucchini for me oh. underneath my pot, which didn't help. But and like he'll leave peanuts in there, and then he brings other seeds, and I never know what they are until it's like the end of the you know towards the end of fall, and I'm like, oh, that's not mine. That must be from him. So there's a new app called iNaturalist on iPhones and Android and it you can take a picture <gasps> and ID plants, bugs and animals. Oh my god, I need that. That's genius. It's free. I'm I just found that. it out today. So I'm trying it. iNatural. iNaturalist. Naturalist. Oh, I'm so yeah. on that. It just needs access to your camera <laughs> and your pictures and so it'll take the picture and then you can also write notes for the the thing with the picture and it'll store it for you so like if you're hiking and you find a weird plant and it'll record oh, the man, that's genius yeah it'll record the latin longitude coordinates and like everything for you i wish oh. it did utm because then i could plug it better into gis but that's just me being my husband nerd. about that we were just we were packing up for my daughter's backpacking trip for girl scouts and where it just makes us want to go we haven't been backpacking <laughs> in like a year but uh we have so much fun out there and there's so many plants that i don't know especially mm -hmm. here in washington there's plants i mean everywhere the whole state is a plant <laughs> uh there's so many that i don't know and can't ever figure out because not all of them look the same even though they're the same plant yeah so i have guides and i know quite a bit of plants but i do not know even close to like a percent of what's in the state so that's really cool yeah, Mark got a job in Tahoe, and so we went out there Monday for his interview, and we're just at the lake, and we're like, we are coming hiking, like, every weekend up here. At Lake Tahoe? Yeah. He's yes. going to work at a golf course. He's doing the maintenance, so he's, like, keeping the golf, uh, gr like, the greens mode and raking the sand traps and everything. Oh, nice. He's super excited. He's like, I get That's to be awesome. outside all day. I was like, I hate you a little bit, but yes, yeah. you. <laughs> That's a cool job. 
And yeah. Gets, it's so pretty out there on those golf courses, too. So Yeah, and it's a private one, but they have a PGA tour, so on the weekends, um, uh-huh. you can do overtime and go help with, like, set up for the PGA tour, and so when he does that, I'm just going to drop him off and go to the fucking lake and sit at the beach. <laughs> there you and go. read my books. <laughs> bring yourself a little margarita or something. Uh, probably, I probably would just bring the weed vape at this point. <laughs> It's my friend. <laughs> uh, I think that was all the questions that we had. There wasn't a whole lot. I feel like people kind of know how to do it. Once you know how to do it, you can just do all of it. Yeah, which is pretty nice. I feel like I'm I'm working, I said this last time, but I'm working on making one as like the logo for the website. Oh, that's so, right. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, I will post it when I get it done. I just have had zero time because I still have a a four-page paper, a eight-to-ten-page paper, and two final projects left. You're busy, lady. there's a week left. (laughs) You're almost done. Well, I would say uh, I would love to see anybody's sigils that they'd be willing to share. I know some people, they're pretty private, but I'll Mm -hmm. definitely share some of the ones that I've made if I can dig them up and any of the listeners who'd like to share theirs who don't mind. Even anonymously, we can post them without your name attached if you're embarrassed, but show us your sigil work. Yeah, we can do, we can do, uh, hashtag P&M sigils instead of P&M alters. Hashtag P&M sigils. I'm writing that down. Yeah, I'll share a couple fun ones I find on Pinterest that people can use. And then I'll share mine when I make it. (laughs) It's just life. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. It's going to get easier. Uh, I didn't have any shout outs. I already shouted out my kids and I think they're, they're happy now. No one else likes (laughs) me enough to be like, why don't you talk about me? (laughs) So, uh, we could, we could shout out Zach and tell him that he's going to be getting a giant sticker because he gave us a review and said he didn't want a sticker, and so too then... bad. Now he gets two stickers because he didn't want one. Yeah, I have his address. <laughs> so do I. I know. We'll just all start mailing him stickers. He gets monthly stickers now. Oh, uh, I think yeah. And also, stay tuned. We're working on coming up with some ideas for a Patreon page. So if you want to help us out, uh, that might be a way to do so soon. That'll be fun. I'm excited to sit and brainstorm that. That's going to be really fun. Yeah, I'm going to make a list this weekend and probably send it to you. (laughs) Oh, uh, next time we have a really, really fun topic to tell you guys about next time, which is our favorite witchy fiction. And it'll be both, like, young adult books and adult books. Any witchy fiction. I'm open. It can be smutty. It can be kid stuff. It can be, I don't even care. Anything in between, I want to hear. Because I, it is so hard to actually find witchy fiction. I have a lot of kid ones. And if if you guys think that I'm going to let you get through an episode without me talking oodles and noodles about Harry Potter, you <laughs> are sorely mistaken. I was not even thinking about <laughs> Harry Potter for this. I don't know why. One. I have a Harry Potter tattoo. So... I have to talk about it. You know, it's funny. My dot, my oldest just got her Girl Scout nickname last night, and it's Hufflepuff. Oh! <laughs> but she was mad because she's sort of self-identified as a Slytherin. But now she, I like, oh. I explained to her the, uh, you know, the characteristics of a Hufflepuff, and she was like, "Well, I guess I'm a Slytherpuff. I'll take it." And I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, I, I sometimes say I'm a Slytherin Claw. It depends on how mad you make me. Usually I'm a Ravenclaw, but... It's, it's hard to split up. I feel like you can be all of them. No, I'm definitely not a Gryffindor. 
No? I'm not dumb enough for that. <laughs> hey, hey now. You're going to offend some Gryffindors out there. We're going to anger No, Gryffindor. they know. It's fine. They know. <laughs> you can you can be brave and adventurous and sometimes be absolutely stupid. So, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I, I haven't been able to decide which one I feel like I am more. I do think that my youngest is definitely a Ravenclaw because she is always the ultimate teacher's pet. And, Aww, and she, will, she will tell all of her classmates, like, she'll, she'll yell at them before the teacher does about breaking yep. the rules. And yep. she was so terrified that when my husband went on a chaperoned zoo trip with her class, because there was a rule written in there, you're not allowed to go to the food area to buy water bottles because it'll make the other kids jealous or whatever. And mm-hmm. my husband goes, oh, I'll just buy one for me. And she was dying crying you can't do that dad that's breaking the rules please don't do that and then even though he's like okay i won't she was so terrified that he was gonna do it anyway and it was gonna like ruin her first grade career because he (laughs) broke a rule she was in tears all night long your kid is me i'm sorry (laughs) it's not gonna get any better just so you know (laughs) yeah so i'm pretty sure she's a ravenclaw i don't know i'm mean i guess i'd be a slytherin mark thinks he's a slytherin I think he's a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I was going to say, he's too nice to be a slayer. I know. That's why I keep, he's like, I'm not nice. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Blaine's a Gryffindor. My husband's he, a Gryffindor. Mark, like, tries to shame me because uh, I don't, like, stop on the side of the road or something to help people because I listen to too many murder podcasts. And that is how women driving alone get lured and murdered. That's funny. And I used to be the one that would stop, and Blaine would he put a nix to that. There was no more stopping. Like, yeah, well, kidnapped. Mark will stop by himself, and then I'll be like, where are you? And he'll be like, he'll offer to help somebody carry their groceries in, in our apartment, and then he ends up like Aww. having to carry heavy groceries up four flights of stairs for somebody. He's such a Hufflepuff. He's such a Hufflepuff, <laughs> but he's, he's like, no, I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, my husband described me as cutthroat. This is what he told me about myself. <laughs> and for a while, I was really insulted. And now I think it's kind of funny because I never would have thought that of myself. But that does make me seem a little bit like a Slytherin. You could just be smart about it and be Ravenclaw. Because I, like, I feel like Slytherins are the ones who are, like, straight to murder always. Like, Zach is a Slytherin. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like Ravenclaws are kind of the long waiting game. So, like, if you, if you fuck with someone... You will be paid back for it, but it just might not be immediate. I don't know. I'm not Because conniving is one of the Ravenclaw things, too. Being clever and conniving. Huh. I'm yeah. going to have to take the Pottermore, I think. Do it! Uh, it's the best. My dad got so disappointed when he took it. Well, he took it and changes. he was a Ravenclaw. Well, then if you take it five years later, you might be something else. Mine has never changed. No. <laughs> my, uh, my Patronus is a uh, hippogriff, and my... Ilvermorny, which is the American one, house is a thunderbird, and I'm like, I'm just flying everywhere. You're, it's great. You're just a bird. I mean, it fits. I have a bird tattoo. I like the Morrigan. I like birds. I like how we totally segued from sigils to Harry Potter. It's fine. Like. <laughs> the other ones, if you guys want a sneak peek of some of the books I'm going to talk about, uh, if you ever read the Sweep series as a young kid... Uh, the first one's called Coven, and they all look real creepy covers. They were, like, my favorite thing. Um, and Blue is for Nightmares. 
I've never heard of these ones. Oh, they're so good. Those are, um, they're like middle school age, but what the Blues for Nightmares one is a four book series. So it's like Blues for Nightmares, Silver is for Secrets, Red is for Remembrance, and White is for Magic. And so, like, her grandmother taught her a bunch of Wiccan stuff. Mm. And she's at a boarding school, and people get murdered. Like, it's it's everything I could ever have imagined that I wanted <laughs> in a book just given to me. It was great. Sounds perfect. We're going to have to find some uh, adult witchy fiction, so that'll be... True blood. That's my goal. I'm going to start looking for... <laughs> Harry Potter, okay. I said but true only... blood. Oh, I thought you said Harry Potter again. I was like, come on, we just went there. No, 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 true blood. True... Uh... Yeah, that's on the smutty end. Don't read the books. Those are a complete waste of time. I love the book so much. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, no. This is going to be a hotly debated episode next well, time. Well, to be know. fair, I read them while I was writing my master's thesis, so I literally needed something quick and super easy that was not about archaeology. Oh, well. That checked both of those, I guess. Yeah, they're super short. They're easy to read. It distracted me from, like, dying about my 130-page paper. You don't want to talk about sex magic to activate sigils, but you'll read True Blood. Come on. It's not that smutty. It's not oh. like I read Fifty Shades of Grey or something. Oh, that was terrible. Don't read I've that. never read that. That's what my friend kept telling me. I'm like, you, it's there not, no worries, bro. Like, it's not yeah. a thing. <laughs> anyway, no. We'll find some good ones. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do yeah. some Googling. I might order some. So anyway, back to sigils. <laughs> Everybody, please send sigil pictures. We'll post some. If you need a, a books, we'll put that information on the Goodreads page. There's not a lot of books, but I have the one. And then the yeah. websites we'll send over there. And I think that's all I got. That's all I got. Yay! All right, I guess we'll wrap it up then. I don't remember what I normally say here. <laughs> <laughs> eat your vegetables. Oh, yeah. Don't be a dick. Eat your vegetables and stay hydrated. Yeah, that's what it is. All right. Bye! Bye!